0: and welcome to the Side Hustle Success podcast. I'm your host Stephen Haunt and I'm joined by my co-host Kevin Taylor. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full-time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads and anything in between. In this episode we're going to be talking to Kerry Nead, who is a freelance copywriter and the author of the book Freedom Seekers.
1: Hello.
2: Hello. Yeah, hi Kerry. Okay, so
0: before we get started, how's... Uh, How's
2: life for you, Kevin? Yeah, pr- pretty pretty good. It's been, because um, we launched a new product last month, and the, sort of the business is growing, but we, we're sort of like trying to deal with, um, it's almost overwhelming, you know, the amount of new support requests that we're getting now. So I'm just trying to sort of work my way through that. I, I think it's, sometimes it feels worse than it actually is, but I, I feel we're getting there with it, but it is, it is quite stressful at the moment.
0: Is it um, kind of good support requests, or...? Uh, I don't know If there is such a thing as a good
2: support us, yeah it's not too bad it's just it's just a, you know it's not one particular thing it's just I think it's just because we've got more customers than we used to have so it's just becoming to the point where in the past we used to support and it'd be like a couple of inquiries a day but now it's becoming like a full time job it, that's that's just the nature I think some, as, as the project grows as the product grows we'll probably have to get more support people in but you know it's, I think it's just it's just the nature of that's a good. That's a good problem to have, though. I think. Then you the know, empire it's, grows. Yeah, things are growing, so it's, it's a good problem mm-hmm. to have. Well, have you been up to Steve. Have you done anything, any, anything interesting? Or yeah, so the book that I spent the last year working on for A-Press is
0: out. I have it here. No yeah, one can I can see, see it a copy but on, it's on your there. desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's good good you can hear it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> have um, go, you have to go to a, a bookstore and see if it's in, the, in a bookstore or.
0: That's my next bucket list item: yeah, is yeah. to get a picture of me in Waterstones or Foils holding the book and get <laughs> yourself. Yeah, selfie. that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, But that's an hour out. It seems to be selling quite well. So it was number one in Microsoft.NET programming books on Amazon.com earlier in the week. Whether it's still there or not, I don't know. Yeah, well done, yeah. But I did take a screenshot. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I would, yeah. Yeah, that's out. Um, The recording for my executive briefing course for Plural Site is going well mentioned last time I've had to relocate to a film studio to do that because this office is too noisy to do filming. Have you, how did that go then? Did that work well? or It worked incredibly well, actually. And the beauty of it is, is whenever I go there in the future, it'll all be set up by the time I get there. Oh, they know how you like it. So, we've, yeah, we've documented it, yeah. all the settings. They, they'll they handle all the lighting, the set, everything. So I literally have to turn up with the camera because I have to use my camera to record it. okay, it's yeah. It's a bit yeah. the pain. The uh, main reason being, if they use their cameras to record it, they own the copyright to the material yeah, i like have to sounds. license it which doesn't yeah. work with a contract of Simon pool site.
2: So. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. So would i have it? to
0: use my own camera but apart from that yeah, it's great.
2: No, oh, cool, cool.
0: So it just removes a lot of the hassle because the problem I've got this office is you'll hear people walking above or walking down the corridor. If you're trying to record a continuous take of video mm. it's a
2: nightmare. Mm. Not so bothered for YouTube if there's a bit of background noise but for yeah, rather yeah, training video. Markets. I think that's problem video isn't it? It's not like audio where you can edit and cut noises out and do things with the video You've got to film it all at once you, on, on one continuous take so that's the, that's the tricky bit isn't yeah, it yeah so for the first executive briefing course I did for them I came in on a Sunday really early
0: which ah, okay, yeah, yeah. was kind of okay as a one off but I don't want to do that all the yeah, time yeah yeah it's a bit a bit tough uh, but yeah apart from that the innovation course I'm doing for Provo Site is nearly finished so that should be out in April okay
2: and now I'm just getting ready for the summer conference season ah, okay so you just know, innovation course so what is that like on how to innovate you know is it like strategies for coming up with new ideas or
0: partly so part of it's about you know the importance of innovation and why companies
2: need I to get, innovate so there's yeah. lots of
0: uh, case study examples in there yeah of companies that have innovated and kind of what can happen to companies that don't innovate and how they can lose market share yeah yeah and then I there's a whole load of stuff about uh different creative thinking techniques so different brainstorming techniques yeah i could do with that I think. different creative I thinking that, yeah uh, exercises handy. that you can do so, yeah, that's all good stuff. And I've just hit the end of my tax year, so I've got loads of paperwork to do. So. <laughs> got a big, worst big, time, big box it? of receipts to take photos of. The worst time. Great. So uh, let's move on to our audience questions. So Kerry, feel free to jump in. Yeah, on any of will do. i will try to get some questions this week that are kind of relevant to some of the subjects that we're going to be talking about today. Mm. So first one is from Tina. So do you think that being a digital nomad or location-independent worker is more of a young person's game? As a parent,
2: how do you manage travel? Yeah, I was going like to let on answer this one. Yeah. This is a tricky one, isn't
1: it? Well, I actually don't think it's for young people at all. I mean, mm. I'm a member of, there's lots of Facebook groups out there for digital nomads and location-independent workers, and that question gets asked over and over again. A lot of people say, hey, you know, I'm 30, I'm 40, or my life circumstances, they're not that of an 18-year-old going off on their gap year or, you know, being able to travel. So I think it is, I think it is really for anyone, and a lot of it is about mindset you know it's just about having the courage essentially to say yeah "Yeah, you know I I can do this it might mean mean that I have to rent out my house maybe put it on Airbnb or something like that um but yeah anybody can do it at any age I think it is just about having that right intention and saying yeah "Yeah, I I guess it it doesn't have to
0: be about necessarily going away for six months is it I mean because no in, in my own circumstance I mean I I'm not in a position where we can just uproot the children and take them to other countries Mm -hmm. because they they have school. Yeah. And my wife wouldn't want to do that anyway. But I I go travelling probably seven, eight, nine times a year abroad. Mm -hmm. Mostly for a week or two
2: at a time.
1: Yeah. 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 And you can do it for, like you say, two weeks at a time if you're a parent. Yeah, that
2: might be the the solution. I mean, because I've got two young children, so um, I'd find it hard to sort of travel long term, you know. with with, Sure. Have you come across people that have travelled as families or...? Um, is, that, is that really unusual is that... I think
1: it can be quite unusual I think it's more popular you know in Asia and things like that and there are families that do travel together you know there's ones on Instagram that are quite popular and you know, they're almost like the travelling families and that, they homeschool Is that because they're quite
2: unusual though? Yeah, yeah they
1: homeschool yeah. their children and you know it's that kind of having that global education where they're seeing the world but mm. I think you can have a nice balance I mean who really wants to live out of a suitcase 24-7 probably not many people they yeah. like to have their pets they like to have their creature comforts and see their family and friends so i think having that balance is is the idea what you
2: could do would you suggest perhaps people with families it's probably more of a matter say like two weeks or a week travel or more try it
1: out yeah yeah i mean um i would suggest going to a co-working space Mm. and staying there for maybe a couple of weeks Ah, at a time you know um, maybe just staying outside and then going in you know, working there perhaps, and just yeah. trying it out. Essentially, I was
0: in a. I went to a co-working space earlier in the week. One in Nottingham mm-hmm. uh, called that so and Anten- Antenna. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was chatting to one of the guys in there, and he's just come back from Tenerife for a few weeks. Yeah. And yeah. there's a place it's called Nine Co-working. I think the place is where you. It's a co-working space. Yeah, but You, village, li- you yeah, actually yeah. live there as well. Ah, cool. Yeah. And apparently, yeah. these are all over the world. So you can yes. you can you can book a holiday where some of them will actually come and pick you up from the airport,
2: or yeah. they're easy to get to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The problem you rent you rent a room. The expectation if I was going on a on a on a trip somewhere, my my wife would expect us to do the the whole holiday stuff and not me working. I think she might be a bit annoyed, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I guess, yeah, it depends on the reason for travel. Um, yeah, I, I stayed in Las Palmas um, last year and that's a similar kind hmm. of thing. It's in Gran Canaria in the north and it's a co-working, but it's also co-living. Yeah. And you know, they had a WhatsApp, they were making sure, have you got off the bus okay? <laughs> Can we collect you? And then it was a whole community of people on WhatsApp, you know, suggesting things to do. Yeah, so that social element to yeah, it. It does
2: sound quite appealing in winter
1: oh go. absolutely yeah what time of year did you it go was then? amazing oh. it was january the 5th so after oh, christmas yeah, yeah. it was like i'm not doing winter in the uk you know just gonna go off and they have what a was whole that? was that
2: grand canary what, what? yeah grand canary yeah, in the I've, north i've been there in march and it was lovely we went it's in lovely. winter and it's nice to go and went you know to get away from the yeah we, we, the we did, did a half term holidays to tenerife in october yeah, and yeah that was awesome. completely non-co-work and i didn't even take my laptop on that one yeah but yeah nice. you get a good consistent temperature all year though yeah, it's nice to go when it's cold here, isn't it, to get somewhere warm, so yeah.
1: Yeah, that's my kind of go-to place, because I've, I've made friends there now, so I'm hoping to go back shortly.
2: Yeah, because the way
0: I do, because I, I do a lot of public speaking, and it's really good, because a conference company pays for your airfare, and they pay for your hotel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll stay out for an extra couple of days and cover the cost of that hotel myself, but it's, most of it's paid for, so you get to go to all these different places. Yeah, and cause, yeah. The conferences I speak at, you get people, people like Troy Hunt, Scott Allen, people that I've known for years, and you always bump into someone that you know at these conferences. So there's always people there that you know. So you never feel kind of alone, I guess.
1: I think the real big big change is that now we're getting, instead of local business networks, we're getting global business Mm. networks, which is incredible, you know. Mm. Meeting people from all over. I think you
2: get like small, like small businesses can now be international, can't they? In a way that they couldn't be in the past. I think that's the new innovation, isn't it? Yeah. You
1: know,
2: you know a small company can be an international company. You know, like that wouldn't have been possible. You know, like yeah. no. I mean, like my my largest customers, American, U.S. Yeah, I don't don't have any customers in the UK, Yeah, which is probably good for the next few months. Do you, you, uh, most of your customers are international?
1: I have no customers in Nottingham whatsoever, so I set the business up purposely for that. Yeah, so I could just work completely remotely, so I work with Australian clients, American, Mm. Belgium, yeah, all over really. Yeah, I
2: mean, we have, we have a, a US product that um, does quite well, and obviously our products are sold all around the world, you know, being a software product. But yeah, it is. Yeah, we are. It, as a small company, we're still international there. Yeah, that's mm. it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? It's
1: nice. Yeah, it's you nice, learn a lot.
2: Mm, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, next question is from Bryce, and he says, when running a business that relies on passive income, do you find it difficult to predict how much you can earn? And does that cause you a lot of worry with so many unknowns? So is your income passive income based?
1: Um I'm I'm a freelancer, so so no, it's service based business. Okay. But um I'm developing a Kind of passive. I mean, I don't know, think many income streams are truly passive because mm. there's got to be some work involved. So At the moment, I'm creating an online course with Skillshare and I hope to do one on Udemy shortly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I hope then once that's created is to be a passive income stream. Um, but I think with any kind of business, it's it can be difficult to predict how much you can earn. Just, you know, Obviously, when you're in different countries, different currencies, and as a sole trader and as a freelancer, obviously, that's very much dependent on you and what you've got going on and your health and all of that kind of thing. So so in one sense, it could cause you a lot of worry. But then again, the scope for earning is, is a lot higher as well than just working a standard nine to five. So. Absolutely.
0: I mean, the, the work I do with site I mean, that's all passive income. But I was doing that for four years. Well, three 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 and a half years at the time mm-hmm. before I left my job. So I kind of knew roughly what I was going to be yeah. earning. And it, you can't completely
2: predict, you know, some months are better than others. But mm. there is kind of like a baseline that yeah, always hit I every think, month. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I got into pro because I was a service business, and I've sort of got into products and so for the same reason that Kerry said, it's trying to try and get into that more passive income. And our latest product is kind of what they call a SaaS, which is a software as a yes. service, Yeah. which, um, in terms of like predictable revenue, is probably about as good as they get. But I wouldn't say it's passive income because nothing, you know, you still no. got to, you still got to put the upfront work to build the business. You know, if you work for 10 years. You could probably leave your business for a year once you've worked at it for ten years. You know, it's not. It's not passive. You still. Yeah, had to I mean, put you put in say, this. "Yeah, it's put the work in," but that's the
0: case of all passive income. I mean, yeah, I you, think so. you, yeah, put, you put not. a
2: lot of effort in I mean, up front. and even then, it probably can only be passive for so long, and then you have to. You're going to have to go back into it at some point, aren't you? I think you know.
1: And
2: yeah. It's always in the back of your mind as well. I think even you're, you're still thinking about it, even though it's passive. You know, you still. But but whilst you're sitting here recording this, there could be people signing up, oh, yeah, 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 And spending yeah. money on the site. It is quite nice. I don't know. Uh, obviously. You, you all sell books and courses and things, but you know, if you make a sale whilst you're asleep, it's that kind of feeling, isn't it? You yeah. know, made money whilst you're sleeping, isn't it? it? There's no better feeling, but I think sometimes it's very hard to predict revenue. Perhaps you could look at, as you say, like um, like Co mentioned, like having a diverse sort of revenue stream.
1: That's that's the key, really, is building um, up those And then
2: you're sort of de-risking streams. it then, aren't you? So mm. you could perhaps be that one, one part might not be unpredictable, one might be more predictable and they kind of all balance out, don't they, really? You know, as long as you can get enough different in different What's, what's quite common work. is when you, when you have got various passive income streams, maybe you know
0: from books, courses and whatnot. you kind of use that as a sales funnel to bring people in yes. to your products and then you, you, on the back end you can have consultancy services which yeah. you can sell off the back of that or mentoring services.
1: Yeah, I know people that do YouTube videos and then underneath they say, well you link mm. to my course, link to my book and they all link together. So. Yeah.
2: I think sometimes it's good to build an audience as well, you know, and then you can sell, like we do different products and our audience buy the different products, you know, so it's good to have that audience. I think it's very hard if you have no audience mm-hmm. or no, no, no knowledge or no background, you know, in a subject. Yeah. So you know, does it cause you a lot of worry? I mean, I think if,
0: if you quit your job after just releasing say one course, then yeah, you're probably going to be worried.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, as we said before several times on the show, before you quit your job, you probably want to build up some kind of buffer so that you remove. A lot of those worries
1: yeah
0: i mean
2: i find even with pearls so there some months are really good some months aren't as good yeah it's so. the nature of yeah i think there is always that uncertainty i think i think it's also trying to if you build your business to the point where you can have a bit of um you know a bit of savings that helps a little bit doesn't have a bit of runway you know that's going to reduce the worry a little bit isn't it you know I'm, a, I'm an ultra anxious person though, at the best of times, so <laughs> yeah, I do struggle with these sort of things. I'll always worry about it. even if it was you know, even if I had a billion pounds in the bank. I think I'd still worry. I'm kind of that's just the nature of who I am. I think, but I think yeah, if a, I had a billion yeah. pounds in the bank, I'd be sitting in Bali right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah fair exactly. Enough,
0: okay, great. So let's move on to our interview with Kerry. So hello, hello, and welcome.
1: So, uh, yeah. My yeah so name's, do you want to
0: tell us about yourself?
1: Yes, my name's Kerry. Um, I'm originally from Nottingham. Okay. Um, I studied there. Um, I studied communication studies at Nottingham Trent way back. Graduated in 2005. Loved the course. Um, then I moved down to Cambridge actually and I worked for a computer games company. Oh, which one? Uh, it's called uh, Jagex, and they built, okay. built RuneScape. have
2: got them, have you, Steve? I don't
0: know. <laughs> I do. yeah. well, my, my, my background initially was the computer games industry. Oh, okay. So okay. I, I left that industry in 2005,
1: actually. Right, okay. But I know
0: some people who work at um, Ninja Theory
2: down there.
1: No, I'm yeah. uh, not in that industry anymore. Yeah.
2: But okay. uh I think it's quite interesting. What what did your initial what was your initial sort of job role then? Or so did you...
1: yeah, I was basically managing their um, student placement scheme, implementing it, actually okay, because they'd yeah. never done it before and they were growing at really rapid rate. Um, so I was bringing in university students that were on a basically a sandwich course and to bring them into JagX. Okay. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I was saving to go to Liverpool to study an MSC in consciousness and transpersonal psychology. So I did that. Um, I went moved up to Liverpool. I studied that for a year, and then after that, I kind of set up my own online magazine called Whole Science, which is all about like mind's potential, studies into meditation, research, all that okay. kind of thing. So, set up my business, had some skills in WordPress marketing. So then I went into marketing. And, uh, worked for Manchester Business School and lots of other higher education companies. Okay, and yeah. uh, even worked at some film companies when I moved back to Nottingham in 2012. And then basically had... Uh, had the desire to really go freelance, you know, I kinda of read the four hour work week and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I started so, to hear about it. It's a common theme, anyway. isn't
2: it? People seem to be inspired I, by yeah. the four hour I think yeah, I mean it was it's Phil, Phil the other week, um, was inspired by and obviously myself as well and, and Steve, I guess to a certain extent, mm-hmm. we're all kind of inspired by that book. You know, it's, it's strange, isn't it, that so many people in our industry read that book and I think it's just the, the appeal of, of working four hours, you know, or, or that kind of that approach, isn't it? You know, or doing yeah. more with less, you know.
1: There was that one, but then there was an also there was also another one that really struck me, and that was Free Range Humans by Marianne Campwell. I don't know if you've read that one. I
2: started no. reading it. Yeah, <laughs> I've, got, um, I've got it on my Kindle, I think. The hook
1: basically was that um, she was a corporate living in London. I think she was working at some big PR company. She'd been travelling, and her dad had said, "You know, come on, when are you going to get a proper job?" And she was on the commute in London, and she was squashed up in in the <laughs> tube, and she was thinking, "You know, we feel I'm feeling a bit like a battery hand, a little bit caged up. You know." Why can't I be free range? Why can't I just work from anywhere? And that's when this this idea of free range humans was born and
0: uh, kind of sparked, of sparked
1: off this location independent movement, which has just grown and grown. I mean, I kind of got interested in it 2014, 2015. And um, kind of before that, you didn't really hear of the term, even co-working spaces and, and things like that, remote work. So it's a huge trend that's only kind of popped up in the last few years or so. Um, so 2015, um, I was coming to the end of one contract and I saw a post on Facebook from one of my friends and she said, would you like a, um, a job working remotely? there's anyone like a job working remotely yeah, it's for yeah, a graphic yeah. design company as an account manager and I jumped at the chance and I was like I, I'll do it because I wanted to just give this a try
2: as, as it sort of sort of branch out as a remote yeah role. yeah so, yeah. so to, to go from corporate to you know yes. do your, your, your own thing
1: yeah. yeah and at the time I'd, I'd joined Elance which is now Upwork so it's an online hmm. freelancing site and I'd kind of got a little bit of success from that so I thought well if I can do this remote job and then build up my freelance kind of services and build up my portfolio portfolio, perhaps then I can take the leap and do this full time, yeah. um, which I did do. And uh, what It I'm does doing sound,
2: because I, th- I think I did, I did read your book actually, it did say that you'd done quite a diverse range of different jobs, so you probably built up a good skill set of different different skills that you can yeah. go out and then sell as a freelancer, I guess. You know? Not
1: Maybe not the Disney princess one. That's, that's probably <laughs> like my favourite favourite uh, random job I've uh, had. I
2: thought you were one of the few people's had more jobs than I have. I think, I've had uh, a
1: ridiculous uh, amount of uh, jobs. Yeah, I did, jobs,
2: did, did read it. Yeah, probably about 30
1: or so.
0: Wow. We've all done those really bad jobs when we were young. I used to get some money. I used, <laughs> yeah. I used to work in a nursery. Not not with kids, you know, where they sort of grow vegetables. Oh, okay. Yeah, My yeah. job nice. was uh, basically packing shrink wraps cucumbers into a box. Oh no, it must be sold right <laughs> for like Tesco's and Sainsbury's. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's different.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it good money at the time when you're fifteen. No, yeah, was, yeah, that's it. And yeah. I
1: just um, I kind of found that. All throughout my working life I knew that there was something that I wanted to be doing for myself and I wanted to carve my own career but I didn't quite know what it was and um, since kind of 2015 and I built up my freelancing business I decided to take the leap and it's just grown from there really so it's not just freelance copywriting I do I do writing on Medium, I write for other clients, and um, just started doing my own courses, Um, obviously written a book called Freedom Seekers, which is on Amazon. And um, yeah, it's really nice because I've got my kind of bread and butter job, which is the copywriting for clients all over the world. And then I also do other bits and bobs, like things like this, you know. I think, think just
0: to clarify the term, just in case someone's not familiar with it. So, a copywriter, so you write articles for people?
1: I write articles, emails, and uh, lead magnets, landing pages, web copy, Facebook ads, pretty much anything okay. written online. So someone might come to you is,
0: so I guess people do it for SEO on their websites, don't they? So they, they want lots SEO of articles comes written. into
1: it. Yeah, yeah. It's mainly business to business, mm-hmm. um, mainly kind of sales copy. I do even video scripts and things like that. So uh, yeah, cool. yeah I, I really enjoy it because it's really varied, really varied. Yeah, it
2: sounds like you, uh, well, like myself, I have a variety of different businesses and mm. I, I like the variety of being able to do different things you know yeah. I think you don't get that variety in a, in a day job would you you just wouldn't no. get that scope to do the different things always used to be someone that got freedom. bored very quickly
1: same that's yeah. 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 hence the 30 jobs so yeah, now I more. get so many different jobs I, think, I that's like a
2: it's a common trait. is yes yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I'm, I'm like that yeah I get bored I, I don't think I ever did a job more than two years any any corporate job that I had. So yeah, yeah. I tend to get bored after, after about six months. I think,
1: yeah, the key for me is, is growth and I need to feel that I'm growing and to, to have that control over my work and my lifestyle, it means that I can organise it in, the sense, in a way that I can continually learn and grow in a way that I might not do in a nine to five.
0: So we so have mentioned the digital nomad and sort of travelling aspect. I mean, do you still do quite a bit of that now?
1: Um, I have done. Um, the reason why I haven't done it as much as I want to is for health reasons. So in 2016, I went to Bali and um, uh, Kevin knows this story because yeah, I yeah, briefly got, mentioned you got, it.
2: You, you were poorly, yeah. I was
1: poorly, yeah, because I were meant to go for a whole month and after five days, I got some kind of tropical disease and it's uh, oh, <laughs> really serious actually. I got paralyzed for a little bit and... Um, did, you,
2: did you ever know what it was or something? Did you, was it?
1: I got diagnosed with something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Okay. Um, and it takes a while for your nerves and things to recover. They they flew me over to Singapore um, because of the hospital just wasn't quite diagnosing what I had. And then I right. ended up being able to fly home. And then unfortunately last year in, <laughs> not had the best luck, in Las Palmas I ended up um, picking up something else, some kind of bug from Mexico when I've not even travelled to Mexico. So oh, nice. I don't know whether that was through food or through somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. But on the plus side, you know, it's made me kind of, very much into my own well-being and all of that kind of stuff. You've got to really think holistically when you do travel and also when you're self-employed because Mm. if you're ill, then that has an impact on your business. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, we've done episodes on sort of mental and physical health. Yes. you know that's just so crucial isn't it to yeah, keep, yeah to keep well isn't it yeah um, i trying to do you know try and do some fitness stuff you know perhaps not as much as I should but you know and also the mental health stuff is, is sort of big now you know it's
1: huge it's absolutely um, huge yeah
2: the mindset thing because i think that's something that we all struggle with isn't it especially when you work on your own you know you mm-hmm. got that kind of isolation have you how, how do you deal with that kind of
1: um, I think I wrote an, um, a piece on this actually on, on Medium and it kind of got picked up by the by the editors and it was called The Emotional Side of Freelancing and it was kind of how to navigate those dips, you know, when you feel lonely or when the work dries up and that kind of thing. And I, I feel like um, when you work for yourself, particularly when you're freelance and when you're working remotely, you can learn a lot about yourself when are you most productive and mm. what energises you, What, how do you do your best work and I find that there's a lot of different things that can help, so it might be getting outside in nature, going for a 20 minute walk, it might be travel, which for me is, is great to just reawaken that inspiration and meet mm. some new people or it might just be Just learning about your body and thinking, well, you know what, I'm just not good in the mornings. I work better in the evenings and structuring your day that way. So Mm. it's given given me the freedom to learn a bit more about myself and work when I'm most productive.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because, I mean, I find that I'm most productive very early in the morning and late at night. And during the middle of the day, it's kind of a bit of a lull. So the so I use I use a task I use a task planning application called OmniFocus and in there I've got different tags that I can put on my tasks Okay. I've got two different tags I've got one that uh, requires focus and one low energy so I tag everyone oh,
1: that's cool.
0: yeah. all of my tasks with those different flags mm. and then I just coordinate you know in the morning I'll do the more complex stuff yeah. sometimes I'll yeah. do more complex stuff in the evening but during the day I'll just be like yeah, you know, podcasting
2: about editing yeah I tend to find something certain, that doesn't require as much focus as mm. what maybe like writing a script for one of my videos yeah requires. I tend to find certain environments that are more productive in so I try and to, so for a particular task I'll do it at a particular location depending on what the task is so, I yes. think you've got to, you have got to know yourself haven't you and know, you know when you're most productive and yeah. where and it's like you know I, I use this office as my base but I'll probably
0: work from home one day a week I'll go to different co-working spaces or just sitting in a cafe sometimes I'll do that yeah. so, so I'll never work fully in the office
1: yeah it's but, good to have that break as well like yesterday I met with um, my old boss actually who I've not seen for a few years and it's good to just I always arrange, you know, a chat with somebody, that a friend or a business colleague, like once a week, yeah, just meet up. coffee. Build and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: to help Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know,
1: just even not even chat about work sometimes, just to kind of have that mental focus away
2: from. Yeah. It. So got, got, do you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I I've got weekend. a friend that I meet up and we go for like a you know walk at lunchtimes. You know, every every couple of weeks, and that's that's really yeah. good, isn't it? I think it's yeah. good to see that. Isn't well, the good it? thing here in Quantford is you've got the Quantford Canal and it's a really
0: nice walk on a sunny day, yeah, yeah. so it's like about a mile, mile and a half walk down to High Peak Junction, so I'll, nice. I'll do that and come back there, or, yeah, okay. or near here we've got Matlock Bath as well, which is yeah. like this weird little seaside look, resort look in the middle of Derbyshire. Inland, in <laughs> in yeah, yeah, it's the only inland sort of promenade, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's got probably. like arcades, fish and chip shops, next yeah, to this yeah. river, but sometimes I can just go for a walk up there at lunchtime.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, fish and chips. Good. <laughs> fish and
0: <Yeah. laughs> Well, no, not, not every day. <laughs> no, of course not. And so what I'm going to ask you so do you work from home?
1: I do, in the moment, um, I do work from co-working spots. Yesterday I worked from a nice cafe in, uh, in Nottingham. Um, sometimes I go to Manchester because I've got friends there, so I work from uh, places in Manchester. And then, obviously, if I travel, I work from co-working spaces hmm. there. But... Um, Yeah, I think um, the community aspect of a co-working space is really important. There's places that call themselves a co-working space but don't necessarily have that same community aspect or they don't. there's not the opportunity for networking Mm. and things like that and I've found that the ones that do really well they set aside that time like I'm thinking of one there's one in Manchester and they do like um pizza and film nights like on a Friday afternoon and things like that I think
2: those things are important I I deal there's a place that works with like it's it's actually for artists it's called Harlem Art Space and I work from there and that's really cool because they've got a great community and they do the whole you know, video nights, film nights and all this kind of do, stuff. Do you here. wear a little beret when you go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really an artist, so I kind of struggle to fit in a little bit, but it, it is really good there, you know, and it's good to work from there actually because people are sort of busy painting and stuff and you can sort of, it sort of inspires you to mm. do some more work, I don't know why. It's kind of creative. It's a creative sort of place, you know. Yeah. It's, it's got nice lighting and it's nice white walls. Mm. And That's
1: it. it, I mean, I'm writing an article I- actually at the moment um, I'm blogging for Skillshare which is an online course provider and um, I'm writing an article on, on creativity and how to do best creative work and I, I find it really interesting as a freelancer and one of the things is you know have visual inspiration on the walls and, and music and you know your surroundings can really fuel your productivity so uh, yeah no, it's, there's it's a whole good. trend at the moment biophilia I don't know if you've heard of it it's all about plants and how plants can influence us in the workspace and um, there's okay. a co-working space there's one in London and in Lisbon called Second Home and that is just full of plants.
2: Plants, oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah must, be. Be. must be good. Yeah. Partly why I filled this room with Lego. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, why not? It's, it's, it's a full-on man
2: cave, isn't it? I think this, its is. It is, isn't it? I hope my wife's not listening to this. <laughs> 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 You've been here, actually, like?
0: uh, Only once. <laughs> <laughs> only <the> once. But <laughs> hide the Lego. <laughs> <laughs> no, because one of the problems i found with working from home, I was working from home for about a year and I, I started getting sick of it after a
2: while
0: which is why I sort of took up, well, why I started co working then took the office on because I, I kind of missed, I didn't miss going to work, but I missed a routine of going to work.
1: Yes, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm a writer, so I find that if you're in one place, that, me particularly, if I'm in one place too long, whether that's, um, you know, my home or even if I go to a co working space for too long, it starts to bef- become samey and then I feel like I'm not getting any inspiration, so I need to switch it up in yeah. some way, change my routine. So you could
2: go to, yes, go, go to another town or. Yeah, travel and... or oh.
1: even meet some new people or read a new book or, you know, it's just something new, I think, that yeah, gets that inspiration. Yeah, I think, I think you need
2: that day. I think you need that kind of um, learning new things that mm. You need that kind of to push yourself. Yeah. So what's the most
0: interesting place you've ever worked?
1: Interesting place. Well... I visited it. I didn't actually was work the there because one, it was a it? Sunday. No, it's not <laughs> the bus one, but I will will mention that. So, so I
0: um, want to know about the bus well, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: in Lisbon, it was a really hot day. It was actually a Saturday, but I was determined to go and visit this co working space. It's in a place called Alfama, and it's in the it's basically the creative district of Lisbon, uh, which is which is really nice, and it's very very similar to. Snenton Market actually hmm. in Nottingham I can see some parallels actually which is quite interesting and uh, there's a huge kind of double-decker bus and then on the top of that is a cafe and it's actually a co-working space as well oh, right. uh, but as you can imagine 40 degrees and going <laughs> and sitting in a you know <laughs> a, right. double, a double-decker bus is uh, a bit yeah, hot pretty hot uh, but that was quite interesting to visit but then, probably the nicest place is um, when I went to Ubud in Bali on Monkey Forest Road there's a co-working space called Hubbard And that was the moment that actually started off the passion for co-working and all of this trend because it's uh, basically made of bamboo. You take your shoes off at the door, you walk in and there's a big cafe, there's people kind of working on hammocks. They're they're overlooking rice fields and and the paddies and everything and it's just, It's nothing like an office and I've worked in quite a lot of corporate backgrounds, worked in a lot of large universities and to see people working in this way and not just people from one country, people from all over and I could see the collaboration going on, I could see all these ideas and just to feel how excited people were in this space, to me, it kind of, it lit something on the inside and I thought, wow, this is the future. This mm. is absolute the future. People the thing are I think of
2: it is, is, Different is um, That is the future, and I think it's I've the the picture looks awesome. You know, mm. uh, the, the sort of the co-working spaces out there. But um, the only thing is, I think, how does that translate to people that live, say, in the East Midlands? Or because it is what's happening? Are we sort of like missing out on a lot of this sort of stuff, sort of locally, or um, or is it happening but at a smaller I scale? I think it's or? happening.
1: What I've noticed is it happening more in the bigger cities, so London and Manchester. They've got lots of these kind of co-working spaces which are You'd go into them and you'd think, these look like living rooms. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, yeah. the second home is a, is a great example of that. You know, you go in and there's just remotely nothing like an office. And um, when I was reading about the creativity aspect the other day for the, for the article, it was saying, well, there's a reason why Google has, you know, a slide in there and it's set up like that. It's because it encourages creativity. So, again, we're kind of learning about what I thought, space I thought got to stop you
2: going home <laughs> make it seem like i nice. yeah, I was maybe. about to yeah, say, yeah, they're about yeah. to keep yeah. you on campus. Yeah, you keep you there. Allegedly. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I think it's it's all about <laughs> designing our own workspaces as well, yeah. and what obviously you see the the people with the laptops and sitting outside, and that's just you know, it's a nice mirage, but it's not actually the reality because you can't you can't see can with say, a laptop yeah, outside polar, in the it? glaring yeah. sun. I
0: mean, it's, it's nice when you when you're talking about Lisbon. Let's bring about fond memories. I've sort of worked in Lisbon quite a few times. Yeah. Have you been to the Web Summit? Um, I haven't. Conference? No, no. Yeah. Web Summit Week is amazing it in is, Lisbon. Yeah, yeah because I mean, I've, I've I've been to some really big conferences but this one is insane it's, it's the about there's it? about 60,000 people mm-hmm. all descend on lisbon and it takes over the entire city so the atmosphere there is fantastic even if you're not actually going to web summit yeah. just the atmosphere around the city is brilliant because when I when I wrote my blockchain course I probably wrote half of it in lisbon just sitting because you're inspired it, aren't you just sitting in cafes room, right? yeah. drinking wine, <laughs> wine. <laughs> <Having laughs> probably oh, oh yeah <laughs> the yeah. custard tarts the custard tarts yeah <laughs> Very nice.
1: Yeah,
0: I recommend Lisbon to anyone. Yeah. Great. So, I mean, so how long have you been working for yourself now?
1: Um, for oh, 2015. So yeah, come up to four years.
0: Okay. So if you should do it again, mm-hmm. or if you offer anyone any advice mm. who's looking to go do this, mm. what would you, what would you recommend?
1: I would probably recommend. Well, the main thing is research. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I wrote the book is because I did all this research and I thought, well. I've used it now well hopefully I should you know give it to other people that want to learn about this this journey and how to go on this journey and do your research obviously make sure you've got a bit of a source of income don't just just leap into it and try different things like um, I looked into I've looked into drop shipping I've looked into lots of different ways of making money online but it's it's kind of finding what fits you, and I think mm. it's about your natural skills, your talents, and then things that you actually enjoy. So maybe you're more of a writer, or maybe you're more of a designer, or maybe you like presenting on camera, or maybe you like to um, like edit. For other people you know i think it's yeah, just about I finding we, that.
2: i saw you, you you gave a talk at nottingham and um i think somebody asked a question i think somebody was saying how do i become a digital nomad but they didn't really have the skill set you know to sort of it's hard isn't it how would you how would you go about getting a skill set would you just work somewhere and get the skills that you need
1: i think it depends on what you want to go into um obviously there's things that you can learn, so dropshipping and things like that. And obviously, you can do things like become a virtual assistant. That doesn't necessarily require that many skills. Um, but it obviously, you have to be very organised. So there's certain kind of traits that you need to I was have. I
0: self-discipline is probably yeah, quite important. Self- yeah,
1: self-discipline. And, so, if you're, um,
0: if you're in Bali, you mean... Are you working or is it a holiday? You, you kind of need that separation between the two, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, just knowing why, I think that's a major thing. It's not just like, oh, that looks cool and just <laughs> go and do it. It's more, why am I doing it? Is this a long-term thing? Does it fit in with other areas of my life? Is it going to be sustainable? Is it just something I want to try out for six months? You know, um, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'd advise. Do your research. Uh, make sure you've got a bit of money behind you, and then I would connect with as many people that are actually living that. You know, as but maybe a bit further ahead of you than you. Oh yeah, really, yeah coffee, that's really That's you know, that's a really learn. good idea
2: actually. Yeah, I think you can learn a lot if you want to if you want to meet. You know, somebody, if there's somebody out there living the life you want to lead, and then if you can have a chat with them, I think that's, that's yeah. That's really, really useful, isn't
0: it? I guess you, you don't have to jump straight into travelling as well. I mean, just going into co-working spaces locally is probably a good way to start. Just yeah. a dip, just a dip your toe. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Right. So sort
0: of practice remote working, isn't it? You've got to yeah make sure that you can actually do it. You know. Yeah. I mean, that networking side of it is really. I mean, that's how me and Kevin met. So oh, is it? Yeah. So I literally about a year ago. I think it's about literally to the week. I think it's a year ago. was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I started. I came to visit the co-working space over there, mm. and then Kevin was sitting there, so he showed me the ropes. You know, yeah. Here's okay. he, yeah, he, yeah, the kettle. Here's the mug. and work there.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, okay. and Moses on his desk, he had a copy of the four-hour work week. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, actually, which actually got us chatting. by yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: that's it. And I think once you uh, once you connect with people, it it just grows and grows. And um, I think it's important to know that when you when people see the digital nomads on Instagram and they see this kind of glossy lifestyle, you know, there are challenges as that. You know, in living that lifestyle, like anything really, there's pros and cons, so it's it's worthwhile finding out the reality. I
0: think there's definitely some stereotypes around it, mm. isn't there? You know, the, mm. the millennial traveller, Instagram yeah. influencer.
1: <laughs> Having the smashed avocado and, you know, bulletproof yeah. coffee <laughs> and all of that, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess one thing is people never post is the kind of the harsh side.
1: No, no, it's hard, there's you know, lonely be, times. Be, being stuck yeah. in an
0: airport when your flight's delayed, I mean, that's... <laughs>
1: Not getting any Wi-Fi and, you know, <laughs> moving from cafe to cafe because your laptop's not connecting or
0: something The like. thing I'm worried yeah. about, and i, I felt not mentioned this a few episodes ago, I, I completely didn't think this through at the time, but I've committed to teaching a workshop in Copenhagen at the end Ooh. of March. Nice. So I fly back the day after we leave Europe.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. <Oops. laughs> you, you, might, you might still be there, you might never get back. <laughs> my my backup plan, one back thing what I'm going to do is I'm going to book two nights in a hotel, but do a booking where you can cancel it at the last oh, minute yeah. just, just in case i mean they've said it should be fine that's yeah. a good idea but
2: just in case there's any problems so <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think this through did i yeah <laughs> copenhagen <laughs> yeah that's not a terrible place is yeah it, you can go it? and do the yeah. podcast yeah, over there. To, to do that. If you're trapped there yeah we can do it remotely
1: <laughs>
0: yeah i've got some friends who live in sweden so i could try and smuggle myself across the border on a train great
2: that's really interesting thank you yeah, that's yeah. Good. That's some good stuff I it's going to be really useful to our listeners because obviously part of our our listenership is is sort of Digital Nomads and, mm-hmm. and the whole side of it so we want to sort of explore that that side of you know the podcast
1: yeah
0: Okay, so um, in this part of the show then we'd like to do a couple of recommendations and also if you
2: have one as well Kerry Mm-hmm. that would be really good but do you want to go first Kev? Yeah I'm, I'm going to recommend Kerry's book actually um, it's I think it's a good introduction it's Freedom Seekers Create a Life That Works for You um, I think it's a, a good introduction to remote working so check that out if, you, if that's what you want to do and That's available on Kindle and paperback
1: Yes it is yeah. Th- through Amazon Yeah.
0: Brilliant. How did you find the uh, I'm going off on a tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the self-publishing side of it? Um,
1: Interesting. Um, obviously, as a writer, you know, kind of doing all the other bits afterwards, the editing, formatting, all of that kind of thing, it's not my forte. So I, I did outsource that. Um, but then I did kind of receive the files and I used Space through Amazon to mm. kind of self-publish it and everything. Again, it was my obviously my first time doing it. So um, when I publish another book, which I'm sure I will do at some point, um, there's, there's lessons and, and things that yeah. I can take from that. But relatively simple process, and um, yeah, it's, it's good to just have something out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I've self-published a few books as well, you, yeah. you, you kind of get, I, I didn't do it through CreateSpace Directly, I did it through Kindle Direct Publishing, okay, which yeah. is I think what they're trying to move people over yes. to, but you kind of find yourself getting addicted to looking at the dashboard constantly, Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's reasonably real-time, so as soon as a book ships or someone buys an e-book, you see the little graph go up. Like, yeah,
2: <laughs> That's it.
1: Um, I've got a recommendation actually. Um, it's for digital nomads, but it's also for anybody that wants to become self employed or anybody that wants to almost raise their profile. And you might have heard of it. It's a website called canva.com. And it's basically a free uh, kind of like graphic design package, but it's brilliant for anybody that is wants to build themselves up in terms of their visual profile. So visual brand is really really important for you know building a presence because if you're earning online then people are going to check you out online so yeah. Um, it's great for kind of redoing your CV. It's brilliant for creating kind of YouTube thumbnails. It's excellent for okay, sounds useful. pretty mm. much pretty much anything you want to create. So I created I um, I did a workshop last month and I created all my slides in Canva. And I mean, it's really really nicely uh, designed templates. So
0: how, how do you spell that website?
1: C A. That's it. You just got it. C A N V A
2: dot com. Okay. Yeah, can you create like logos and things? You can so, create yeah, pretty yeah.
1: much anything, and it's, it's really nice yeah, posters so. and things like that. And um, I think having a really strong visual brand is really key when you're when you're online because your client's going to check you out. Obviously, if you, you've got a book or a product to sell, people are going to Google you. They're going to want to see, okay, what's this person about? If you've got a really strong, nice brand that's consistent across lots of different platforms, um, yeah. It's, no, it's, 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 it 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 but, is yeah, it yeah. a paid-for yeah. site? Or is it free? It's free, but then there is a, another level if you want to um, replicate your logo and fonts across everything.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's Canva, c-a-n-v-a dot I'll have a look at that. That sounds useful. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> that yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, so my um, my recommendation is actually a bag. It's a travel bag. I can see it here. Cuz yeah. I like to travel. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, obviously I'll list well, it for anyone in the room <laughs> I don't there.
0: So it's called the Nomadic travel bag and when I travel for work, so when I go to a conference, I never check anything into, into the hole because I want to get through the airport as quickly as I can. Yeah. So typically I've got a laptop bag and I've got a small uh, wheeled suitcase, Okay. which has been absolutely fine, but I saw an advert for this pneumatic travel bag and it's a 40-litre bag that's made of tarpaulin, so it's completely waterproof and it's built like a tank. Um, but it's 40 litres, so you can pack for an entire week and put your laptop in there. You've got easy access to your laptop. It's got separate pouch at the side for putting all your you know, travel adapters, dongles mm, and that sort of stuff kinda. in. It's just really well set out. It's a backpack, so it's really comfortable on your back as well and there's like, um, what, those kind of waist straps that you can get for. It yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks a solid construction. So, it's not the cheapest of things, they're about £250. But, I think, for getting through an airport reliably and safely... Well, and quickly, more than It does, it does look like a, like a
2: small suitcase on your back, though.
0: <laughs> it, it pretty <laughs> it does, much is. But you can unzip it from the back and get easy access to your laptop. But because, ah, okay. that, because those zips are by your back, it also works as a, a security thing as well. Right. Mm, yeah. There's an RFID-protected pouch in there, if you, so you can put your credit cards and um, passport in there, and that's ah, lockable. Cool. Yeah. So you can lock all of that away. So I'm trialling it this weekend, so I'm actually going to Hull. For uh, to speak at a conference called DDD North, so I'm I'm only going for two nights, but I've actually packed the bag as if I'm going for six, Mm -hmm. just so I can test it before I before I go to Copenhagen, route test it, yeah, yeah,
2: because
0: I'm sad like that. (laughs) But then what I've done is obviously I don't want to carry that bag around the conference. I've got like a small thin messenger bag in there as well, so I can just put my laptop and stuff in there when I'm at the conference and pack it back in the bag. Cool. I'm I'm really terrible when it comes to laptop bags and stuff.
2: Well, I'm, 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 I'm
0: always you. looking for like the ideal portable. <laughs> I have a
1: rucksack. I mean, when I walk around, um, I mean, I, I can't really carry too much on my back because well, I've got spinal issues. But um, I used to years ago, people used to carry actual laptop briefcases, didn't they? Yeah, and you don't I see think, that nowadays. No,
2: I think it makes it look like it's uh, like a, like a security risk. Yeah, you know? a surfaces, <laughs> but yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have a rucksack now, and I put my yeah, put my laptop in a in a rucksack rather than a, a you know. What do they call it, like a, what do they call them, you know, like a app sacky thing, you know. Yes, Yeah. That,
0: yeah. Briefcase, yeah. yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm always trying to optimize my travel experience. Oh, <laughs> cool. And it's um it's cabin um, size approved as well, mm, so it's the correct size good. for cabin bags. Cool. The proof will suit. We'll soon see with EasyJet because they, they seem to have their own set of rules, but <laughs> oh, okay. they probably allow it. <laughs> well, they're really strict. If you try and travel with two bags, like a suitcase and a rucksack, and you haven't paid for um. What's it called? Advanced? No, the premium boarding. Okay. They charge you extra for the bag. Oh, no, yeah no. Yes. So I've been stung for fifty quid before. No, a no it's annoying, isn't it? But no more. I'm just going with one bag. Ah, uh, cool. So that's my recommendation. Great. Well, I think that's another another episode in the can. Yeah, as yeah. they say. So thank you very much to Kerry for thank coming you. across. Yeah, thank, thank you, Kerry. So your website is www.kerryneeds.com. All of the links are in the show notes author of the book Freedom Seekers available on Amazon and you also have a YouTube channel as well don't you? I
1: do. Um, I'm mainly active on Twitter so I'm at Kerry Needs on Twitter as well so I post everything on there.
0: So if people want to interact with you they can get you on there?
1: Yes. Big fan of tweeting.
0: <laughs> I'm not very good at it. I know I need no, to bu- keep building a
2: bigger audience on there but I'll get there I eventually. Say I don't do any social media. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so so here, yeah. i was reading a new book at the moment. It's digital minimalism.
1: Yes. I've not just started call? reading it. Yes, yeah.
2: Have you yeah. read it? Have you, are
1: No. Well, my boss that I met yesterday was reading it. So yeah, I've just started
2: reading good, yeah. it. But I'll, I'll let you know. I'll probably put it. A You're costing me a fortune on
0: Amazon. You are. <laughs> <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Great. Well, thanks a lot, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. See you. Bye.